Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. We want you to know that Creekwood Church is open and you're invited to join us in person or online this weekend. More information about services and in-person safety precautions is available at creekwoodchurch.com. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. I want to get into our teaching today if you've got your Bibles and go to Exodus and um, we are in this series that is entitled, It's Time. Everybody say, it's time. It is time. Now turn to your neighbor, make sure they're part of your group, they're not a total stranger, and tell them, it's time. If it's your husband, do it with a little bit of attitude today and tell them, it's time for you to clean the garage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but I, I love this series where we've had an opportunity really to talk about really what does it look like in our life when we um, face those moments where God says it's time for us to step into this or for us to move into that or for us to make this decision where it's time for us to do that. And I want to look at the life of Moses today and really give you a a, a 30,000 foot view of his life. And we're going to kind of jump into some different parts of different details of his life. You know, people's stories have always been intriguing to me. I know you can look around a lot of times and kind of think of, well, man, uh, everybody looks, you know, like they're pretty nice in in here. And you're kind of looking around at people, but there's some people in here that used to be pretty mean. They used to be pretty rough and God's worked in their life. And there's people in here that have a painful parts of their story of their life. And so our stories are important. And I want to show you this because the life of Moses, it's, it's really just fascinating to watch his story, how even as a baby, things didn't go that well for him, seemingly from the, from a human perspective. You looked at his life and you were like, you know, his life was being threatened as a baby and his mom had to actually give him up and go put him in a basket. She didn't know what was going to happen. She put him in a basket and put him in a, in a river. And uh, if you have not read that, I know you probably have seen the movie, but I'm going to tell you the, the story in the Bible is a lot better. But the story goes in... in Moses' life, it, it just begins to develop where, where the daughter of Pharaoh finds this basket and she picks him up and picks the baby up and, and actually takes him to be her son. And so he grows up in the palace and he is got, he's got everything he could ever imagine. And one day he's out walking around and, and he sees a, an Egyptian soldier actually go up and he's beating an Israelite and out of a rage, Moses just is like, I'm going to kill the guy. And he goes and he kills him and he buries him in the sand. Now, I'm so glad, really, I'm glad the Bible didn't leave that out. Even though that's a horrible thing, you look at that and you see, you know what, the Bible's so real. And all of us have parts of our stories that we're like, you know what, we were trying to do something good and it didn't turn out that well. And I was thinking about automatically a story in my own life when my wife and I were were in, just barely engaged. I was doing everything I could to impress her that I really was cool. 
Why y'all laughing? <laughs> Two people, three people, y'all are laughing. I, I, I was trying to convince her that I was the guy and I was a youth pastor out in Oklahoma, the end of the world, up in the panhandle. If you've ever been out there near uh, in Woodward, Oklahoma, and there's nothing to do. It's a little tiny little town, nothing to do. And I was, she came into town and I thought I would impress her by taking her out on a ranch near Guymon. Guyman's even further out there. We get on this old, old horse. She's on, I don't know that much about horses, so, but I, uh, I know you're supposed to be on a saddle. And my wife is the one on the saddle. I'm on the hiney of the horse. Like I'm barely hanging on. I'm sitting on the hiney of the horse, holding on to her. And I'm like, I'm gonna impress her, get this, this, this horse going fast. And I kicked really hard, kicked the horse right. And it was like, rodeo time. The horse started bouncing, threw us off. We both landed on the ground and, and like, we both thought we broke our tailbones. We had a hiney problem. <laughs> I don't know where the hiney's coming from anyways, but we're not talking about hiney's today. I promise. I'm going somewhere here. We had to go to the emergency room, all this kind of stuff. It was awful, but it's a part of my story. There are a lot of things, and I know that's a funny little story, but there are a lot of things you look at your life and you're like, I can't, I, I went through that. And how, how can God do something with me in my life? And we start to kind of settle into the path of our life. And again, Moses, he's killed somebody and now he runs off. He runs off into the desert and the story um, just, he's out there in this desert and, and he's a part of the bachelor. That was funny. Uh, but anyways, uh, he meets this girl and they get married and he's a part of this family and he spends 40 years out in the desert just taking care of sheep. You guys following me? He's just out there taking care of sheep. And in fact, Acts chapter seven in the New Testament, I think it's really interesting. You don't have to turn there, but it's gonna be on the screen. Actually, in Acts, it actually refers back to this and tells you this part of the story. It says, do you wanna kill me as you killed the Egyptians yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian where he settled as a foreigner and, the two, and had two sons after 40 years. Everybody say after 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in flames of a burning bush in the desert, Mount, de desert near Mount Sinai. So Moses, is, it's 40 years. He's not getting any younger. He's been out there. And I love what D.L. Moody, how he describes his life. He says this, Moses spent his first 40 years thinking he was somebody. In other words, he was in the palace. He was an heir to the throne. Uh, he was very important. Then he spent his second 40 years learning he was a nobody. He spent his third 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. And Moses, he's going through this 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 journey in his life and he's had some things happen as a baby and it's like he kills somebody and it just doesn't look good. Then he's just out in the desert taking care of sheep and it looks like his life is just meaningless. And I wanna just say this to you, don't, 
Don't ever think that there is a season in your life that is wasted. There are no seasons in our life that are wasted. He's out in the desert and and again, a lot of us, this is kind of where we find ourselves in our life as we, we look at our life and we see all these things that have happened in our life and now we're kind of just in the grind of working and I'm working and I'm working and we forget that God has a plan for our life. I know as Christians, it's really cute and really nice to say God's got a plan for your life. And you, you know, we, we love to say that. It's kind of Christianese language for us. We love to say God's got a plan for your life. But, but on Monday, we don't walk the talk. We don't really believe it. We don't make decisions like God's got a plan for my life. And, and I know there's going to be a moment a big moment in my life where I recognize it's time. This is a moment in my life like no other. There are gonna be moments that God is gonna speak to you. God is gonna work through different things in your life and you're gonna recognize hopefully that it is a moment that you are gonna see that it's time. The story in Exodus chapter chapter three if you want to follow along, and I'm going to read some and then stop and talk a little bit about it. And, but now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. His father-in-law was Jethro. I don't, like, when I think of Jethro, I can't get past, I'm like Beverly Hills, Hillbillies. Like, I'm like, did they name him after, you know, like, did his daddy, like, I, 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 like, I know it's not biblical, but my mind goes kind of there. Uh, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out in the midst of a bush. He's taking care of sheep, and he's out on this mountaintop, and there's this bush that is just burning. and you, It's just burning. It doesn't go out. It's an unnatural thing. It's unnatural for that to happen. It, it does, doesn't make sense. And you know, a lot of times I've found in my life when there are unnatural things that don't make sense, that there is something supernatural at work. And this burning bush moment that Moses begins to have where God begins to talk to him. You know that, I can just kind of bring it down to our own world that you're going to have mo- you're going to have burning bush moments in your life. There are going to be moments that are going to be burning bush moments. Like for example, I think we can all agree this pandemic that we're in is a burning bush moment. It's not normal. It's not natural. No, most of us in our generation have never seen anything like this pandemic. And we're, we're, we're looking at it, we're wondering about it. It's like, we can all agree we want it to be over. But I wanna ask you this. Are you just praying that we just go back to normal? This burning bush moment, it's a burning bush moment. I don't care what you say, it's a burning bush moment. We've had to quarantine. 
We've had to shut down our lives. We've had to sit for some of us, quarantine for 14 days. You've watched a little TV, then you've been bored out of your mind. It's a burning bush moment. And the tendency is to say, God, I, I just want to go back to normal. I want everything to go back to normal. And listen to me, I don't want to go back to normal. I remember what it was like before the pandemic. And I, I love you enough to be just straight with you. I think we in America have fallen asleep when it comes to believing that God has a purpose and a plan for our life. We've dumbed down our faith to just church attendance and is it snowing, is it, is it sunny? And, and like, if it's in between, I'm going. I'm praying that, that I don't, I don't want to come out of the, the pandemic, this, this burning bush moment, the same as, as I was before. I, I'm asking God for, I'm asking him to take me deeper. I'm asking him to, to push me to be different. I want to be a different kind of pastor. I want to grow. I'm including myself just as you are. I want to grow in my relationship with God. I want to trust God like I've never trusted him before. It's a burning bush moment for all of us. Let me ask you this. What? Just think for for just a few moments, what's happened in the church world across our, our, our world? Churches are shut down. Christians, a lot of times, can't go to church. And we all of a sudden, you remember, you know, it was a couple months ago, we, could, we, weren't, we couldn't open up. And it was like, it, it was so, and it still is a, a very serious thing. But one of the things that happened to a lot of us is that we recognized that we were taking something for granted. And what if, what if God's trying to do something new in the church? And we're just thinking we're, we're going to go right back to, to the new normal, to, to this normal that we think is, is kind of like what it used to be like. And what if God says, this generation that I want to reach, this world that needs Jesus Christ is not going to be reached by the church just going through the routines. I'm praying, listen to me, that this pandemic is, is a moment. And I know there, there's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of ugliness about it. There's a lot of people suffering. There's a lot of sick people that, that it is an awful thing, but it is also a moment that we can say, I am going to seek God in the midst of this. Do you know that people can be a burning bush in your life? that God will put people in your life, that it, it can be a person, it can be an individual, it can be a friend that has a conversation with you that it so shakes you to your core that you realize this is God, this is my time, this is my moment. I had this happen to me a while back, a couple years ago. I have a group of friends that they're all pastors and we get together every once in a while and we kind of joke that, that we're like, we're all sitting around in our underwear talking about our problems. Don't, don't, get, a, don't get a visual. Some of you are like, oh, it's a, it's, we don't, we're not really in our underwear, but, but no, I, I'm digging a hole here. Uh, we're just being transparent and we're honest and we, it's a safe place that you can talk about what you're going through. And, and I can remember this happened a couple years ago. I would get in the room with my friends and we would be talking and all of a sudden I would, my go-to place was to talk about my anxiety and my panic attacks. My go-to place was, man, I don't know, like, like, 
I kept going back to it and, and I, I was so hurt at first because one of my friends looked at me and he said, I look forward to the day that, that you can come here and not talk about that anymore. And I was like, ow, that hurt. I didn't show it, but I was like, I was a little offended. I was like, I got real problems here. And I'm not saying it's, 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 it's wrong for you to talk about your problems, but do you know that there, there has to be a moment that you move on? Some of us are, we are staying right in the middle in the same old stuff and nobody has the guts to tell us, you need to move on from that. You need to move on. And, and it was, that person was a burning bush for me. Do you know that trouble can be a burning bush for you? When you get to a place that you realize, I can't solve my own problem. I've been trying to solve it. I, I realize I cannot fix this. It's a burning bush moment. Do you know that this deep, em, deep emptiness in our soul can be a burning bush for us? Like you get everything you ever wanted. You have the house you wanted. You have the cars you ever dreamed of. You can go buy anything you want to buy. And yet in your soul, you feel empty. It's a burning bush moment. And you look at Moses, and one of the things that I want you to notice also is that not only does he, he see something unnatural, but he also, he turns aside. Moses turns and he looks. And it says in verse four, Moses said, I will turn aside to see the great sight. Why, why the bush is not burned when the, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And notice it, it repeats it. It says, I will turn aside to see the great sight. And then it, when the Lord saw that he turned, I will turn and I will look. And the Lord saw that he turned to look. Too many of us are having burning bush moments and we're not turning to look. We're having moment after moment after moment. The emptiness you feel inside of you that you, you've, you've been successful, you built the business you wanted, you've done all of that, yet you feel empty. That is a burning bush moment that you need to listen to what God is trying to really communicate to you. But you gotta turn and look. This is why it's so important for you to be in church. Do you know that you being here in church and whether you're joining online and all the different places that we, opportunities that we give you, you are engaging when you're at home and you're saying, let's shut everything off. We are going to, we are going to be a part of this service. What are you doing? You are turning and you are allowing God to speak into your life. You've got to turn towards it. You can't. Just say, well, you know what, man, I've been feeling God telling me I need to lead a life group and I'm just going to go there. You're like, man, y'all are pouncing on life group. Yeah, we are because it's important. Life happens when you, when you get connected with other people. And if you think that you just kind of show up and not, not build relationships and have people that you do life with, wait till something breaks. You go through things in life and, and the power of having people around you and when you're struggling with some addiction, having somebody that loves you and cares enough about you to, to say, man, I'm with you, I, I'm gonna help you. 
But you've got to be willing to, to turn and to look. And I, I love the fact that he repeats Moses' name twice. Do you know that there's significance in that? He repeated Abraham's names twice. He repeated, he said, Martha, Martha. He said, Simon, Simon. This is a, a, a symbol of intimacy. God is wanting to be intimate. God is getting ready to speak into your life. God is ready, getting ready to speak into their life. This is why 21 days of prayer has been so important to us all of these years. It's because we know that God wants to speak to us. And I'm going to say it again. I know this, like, again, it's, it, we say it all the time in church. Well, I know God's got a plan for me, but I know God wants to do something in my life, but well, what burning bush is talking to you right now? See, I want to show you that this isn't just a conversation that a lot of us sometimes, we seek the presence of God just to feel good. And I'm going to tell you, there's a purpose always in the presence of God. There's a purpose. God's not just wanting us to have church to feel good. God help us if we ever make this church about church people. When we're in the presence of God, it ought to ignite something inside of us that says, I care more about people. I care more about my mission, my purpose, because I've been in the presence of God. Let me, let me keep reading. I've got a lot to, to show you here. Um, verse 6, he says, and he said, I am the God of, of your father. And again, Moses is having, Moses struggles with this insecurity. And he does, he is like having this argument with God. And he's like, you know, what do I tell him? What, I, I'm not the one, send somebody else, all this stuff. And he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. In verse seven, it says, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them. Notice it says, I have surely seen the, I have seen the affliction. This is God speaking. He says, I've seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their task masters. I know their suffering and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Hivites, Jebusites, I don't know, a lot of ites. But look at, look at verse 24 of chapter 2, and it shows you something about God. It says, and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant, Abraham with Isaac and, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. I love how the NIV says, it says, I know and I'm concerned. God, God says, I've seen it. I've heard it. I remembered it. I, 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 I know they're going through it. I want you to listen to me and look at me. The, the fastest way to find the door out of your desert is to be the answer to someone else's cry. 
There is a voice crying out to God right now. There's a widow praying to God right now. There's a parent of a teenager crying out to God right now. There are students that are crying out to God right now. And God hears them. God knows that he's concerned about it. And he's depending on us to have our moment where we realize it's my time to step into my destiny, to my calling and how God wants to use me to make a difference in this world. See, we're not all called to be up here. A lot of times we think that, the, oh, the pastor's the only one. This, this is a small part. The power is found in your life. The power is found in your life when you get and you have your God moment where God speaks into your life and he says, this is what I want you to do. You're gonna go make a difference in that life. You're gonna take time to listen to that person. See, it requires that we push back our past, our insecurities. And this was something that, that rose over and over in his life. And this is one of the reasons why I love Moses, because this is from as, as, as far as I can remember, even being in Bible college, I've said this over and over, but I, I want you to realize what a miracle it is for me to be up here. That in college, I, you, you could not pay me to pray in front of anybody. I would not do it. But I remember a moment, a burning bush moment that I'm standing out in the parking lot and I'm telling my dad, I'm crying. I said, dad, how can I, how can I ever pastor people if I have such fear? And my dad, I believe it was a burning bush moment. My dad said, Stephen, never lose that because it's what God's gonna use in your life. And I was like, that's not what I wanted to hear. My dad said, it's what's going to keep you from being slick willy. It's going to keep you from winging it. It's going to keep you from just being, well, I got this. I don't need God. I, I can't get up here without God. But you're going to have to be able to open your eyes and turn towards those those burning bush moments that God's going to put in your life. It's going to be all around you if you'll just start looking. I, I love it. Exodus verse 8, chapter 3. It says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land to a good and broad land. Aren't you glad that God's just not trying to, to save us, but he wants to bless us here on earth? And he wants to help us. It says, of the land, it's great to be saved. I, it's the most important thing in the world, but I'm glad God cares about my now and God cares about our lives. And it says, up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites. This was God showing us his heart, how generous God is. And verse 10 is so important. It says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And I want to tell you, you know, the 40 years he spent out in the desert taking care of sheep, thinking his life was over. 
That was, those were moments that were important because do you know that he didn't realize at the moment, but in the future, he was going to be leading 2 million people through that desert. He needed to know where the water was. He needed to know where the path, where, the, where, where all the things that were important in that desert. He said, I will send you. I love John chapter 20, verse 21. It says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Moses is still arguing with God, and he's, he's like, who am I? And all this, in verse 11, he says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And listen to way, the way, in verse 12, the next verse, this is what God said. God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. What's this, this mean? It means that Moses is saying, who am I? And God says, you'll find out who you are when you take the people to the mountain. What's, what's this? How does that translate in your life? Is that you will find out who you are in the presence of God. Who you are. This is why the presence of God is so important. Do you know that, that go read in, in chapter 34 of Exodus, verse 29. It says, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant. He, Moses actually came to a place that he lost his self-awareness. He didn't even realize his face was white and the radiance of God was all over him and he didn't even realize he had lost all of his self-awareness. What would you do in your life if you, had, you would lose all of your insecurities and your self-awareness and I can't do this and I can't do that and this is impossible and you just said, God, you are speaking to me about it. I'm gonna do it. You know that Moses was 80 years old when this all happened? So listen, it's not too late for you. But I think what a champion he was and, you know, how God worked in his life and got him through his insecurities and all that. And I think of this 80-year-old man getting ready to be used by God. And I think of, you know what I think of? I think of Satan, how Satan was trying to stop him even as a baby. Satan's been trying to stop you your whole life and you have a decision to make this year is this going to be the one more year of a bunch of kind of shallow little resolutions and little goals that you say I, I think I'm going to do da, 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 da. you need goals you need resolutions all that's important but the most important thing is that you step into the purposes and the mission that God has for you there's somebody in this world Somebody in Mansfield that's crying out to God. Do y'all hear me when I say that? I'm so burdened for this next generation. I just, I'm broken on the inside for this next generation. And I'm like, God, not on my watch. I'm going to go down fighting for them. Listen, 
This next generation, the high school students in Mansfield High School, Legacy, all these high schools in this city, how crazy how many high schools we got in this city. How many, how many junior highs, how many little, little kids in, in elementary school. And we cannot sit back and go, well, we got 108 acres. God, you just do it. No, you're a part of the story and it's your time. There is a window of opportunity. But you got to be willing to turn and look at the burning bush moments that God gives you, that God begins to speak and God begins. This is what's going to make us a force. This is what's going to make us be able to make a difference in people's lives. I want to ask you to bow your heads right there where you're at. And you know, one of the most important decisions you can make in your life is to receive Christ into your life. I don't know how you came today. Maybe somebody tricked you into coming to church or maybe it was a burning bush moment where a friend, somebody talked to you and it, 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 maybe they've invited you 50 times and this time it was the moment. And you know that it's, it's your time to surrender your life to Christ right there where you're at. If you're watching online or you're in, in our overflow areas, wherever you're at, just bow your head and just pray the prayer. Say, God, I surrender my life to you. I believe Jesus Christ is my savior. I believe that you forgive me of all of my sins today. I ask you to come into my life. I want to be right with you, God. Father, I pray over every person here. God, I include myself, God. I include myself, God. Would you speak into our lives? May we dream, may we see things. God, I know that you love every person in this city, God. And you're concerned. You hear the cry, the voices of people crying out to you, God. May we see the burning bush in our life, God. Father, I thank you for this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Are you new to Creekwood? If so, we're glad you're here. For more information about our church and how to take your next step, please visit the Connect page on our Creekwood Church app.